Hi, this is Jill Jarris. From September 2017 through April 2020, this podcast was known as Olympic Fever. We've since changed its name to keep the flame alive, but we're committed to keeping our back catalog available to you. So please keep the name change and this disclaimer in mind as you listen to it. Olympic is a trademark of the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee, or USOPC. Any use of Olympic in the Olympic Fever podcast is strictly for informational and commentary purposes. The Olympic Fever podcast is not an official podcast of the USOPC. The Olympic Fever podcast is not a sponsor of the USOPC, nor is Olympic Fever associated with or endorsed by the USOPC in any way. The content of Olympic Fever podcast does not reflect the opinions, standards, views, or policies of the USOPC, and the USOPC in no way warrants that content featured in Olympic Fever is accurate. Thanks for listening, and now on to the show. I don't know, avoid, you know, it's, it's part of our identity is have been removed. Mesdames et Messieurs, the greatest festival of our contemporary society, the Olympic Games, is about to begin. This is going to be close. Welcome to another episode of Olympic Fever, the podcast for Olympics fans. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co-host, Allison Brown. Hello, Allison. How are you today? I'm a little sad because this morning my husband came downstairs and he said, oh, it popped up on my calendar that Jill was going to be staying over and you were going to be in the city all day because it would have been 100 days out. And he said, well, obviously that isn't happening. And then I thought, oh, why did I have that? And then I realized I had deleted it from my calendar. But obviously he had deleted it from his. And so then I got sad all over again. I know. I got the same thing too yesterday. I had to schedule something and I scheduled it for 100 days out. When I was putting it in my calendar, I saw the 100 days out note and I had to cross it out. Like, oh, so sad. So sad. But I've been having some weird dreams. Have you been having weird dreams? I've barely been sleeping, so no. Okay, so I've had weird dreams. And yesterday I dreamt that a bunch of Olympic stuff was up for auction and I got a horse for $1,000. An Olympic caliber horse. Well, we know someone who can transport it to you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We are continuing to check in with some of our Team Olympic Fever members. And first up, we've got our karate hopeful, Tom Scott, here where he was at in the qualification process when the Tokyo Olympics were postponed. Take a listen. When did you first find out or hear rumblings of the schedule might change? I mean, I guess just like everyone else, just on, you know, with social media and what was on Twitter and stuff. So I think uh, that was you know, when, when we started to, to hear and hear rumors and things, but, you know, I, I'll tell you, it was, it was actually, I mean, the least of my worries, you know, like I honestly, I can tell you like just with, especially for, for where we're at in our sport, I don't mind when the Olympic games happens. I'm more concerned right now with qualifications, which has been very, very intense and, and challenging uh, for all karate athletes across the world the amount of travel that we had and, and 
how tight of a sliver we have to make for qualifications is really intense right now. So it's been a, a roller coaster. Didn't the Federation just announce before the, the shutdown, like four people who had qualified per weight class? Correct. Correct. And, and you know, you're fun, number like, five, right? Yes, I am. And, and before the last event, I was, fourth right so the, the very last event we flip-flopped like we had all year and then and then they canceled two events so you know and and then declared the today actually april 6th was supposed to be the day that that they that they closed the ranking officially and then you know we would have had it all declared today or at least we would have found out okay the game's postponed we need to at least keep things open until the fall or have a couple events in the fall. Well, I don't know. I think there might've been pressure from the IOC or something to close it and declare, you know, as soon as COVID started happening, they closed it and declared it over. And so we've kind of left a little confused and a little, you know, it, it was, it was a tough couple of weeks just dealing with that, but we're regrouping and focusing on, on the next phase. So where does qualification for karate stand? So they, they, I think they are standing by their closing of the, of the ranking. So ranking is supposedly finished. And so now there is an event in Paris. It was supposed to be May, then it was supposed to be June. And now they're deciding when it will be in the future. Um, but this single event in Paris will qualify three athletes. Um, that's phase two. So the one person from every country in the world that has not yet qualified will have an athlete there, and then uh, they'll take top three. So we're looking top three out of like 80 athletes. It's going to be so. Fun. Do you, yeah? Do you know yet if from the United States you will be going to that? Correct. We determined our athletes for that event in January at Col uh, in Colorado Springs uh, this year. So we. Uh, Every, at least the United States knows who gets to go to the, the Paris qualifier. Jeez. Um, now, I mean, even with, well, with the delays and stuff and things being next year, there is even talk though. I mean, we don't know if we would have to do it again next January. So it, it might reset. <laughs> so they haven't really come up with finished qualifications. Yeah. yeah because the sports yeah, that USA have karate finished, will wait. yeah, a lot of sports finished their qualifications or like swimming and track really hadn't begun. It's wow, these yeah. in-between sports that are, are really struggling right now. And the athletes from which are that are really struggling because you just don't know. Yeah. And I mean, I thought, you know, there might be rules about how, how far out, you know, athletes can qualify for the games. Sure. This is unprecedented scenario, but athletes are qualified for the Olympic games over a year away. It's pretty crazy. Remind us again, how many athletes will be in the event per weight class for karate? In Paris, there should, I mean, I imagine maybe 60, 70, 80 athletes per category. And again, it's one from each country and they'll take the top three. So, and I'm not, I, I think even it's not like, let's see. So if you made the finals, your top two, you won't even fight out the finals. So once you make the end of your bracket, you're done. And then they would take the the last 
person who lost that semifinal on both ends and they would fight it out for one leftover spot for that third spot, which is just so crazy to think about one match, two people, one person gets an Olympic ticket, you know, it's just a wild thing, but you know, if I had the chance to do it, I, of course I'd take it, you know, one match to determine if you went to the Olympic games is pretty cool. Wow. So how is this working when you don't know when this competition will be? How are you planning out your training? I mean, right now the the whole even goal is just to maintain activity and, and skills and, we have a lot that we're focusing on. I mean, for me too, my, my karate school, I'm focusing on keeping it going. And of course we're doing the online classes on zoom and, you know, it's, we've had tremendous success, but with everything being, you know, not only is the games push and everything, but every event, our Pan American championships, the rest of the premier leagues, this will be the longest I've gone without a karate tournament in about at least 10, 12 years. I mean, it's really going to be wild, but I'm taking advantage of it. I mean, we're working really hard at home with good workouts, good training, you know, and, and taking some time to focus on the business. I mean, our next event will be for karate is actually the world championships in November in Dubai. So, I mean, it's, we're almost, yeah, Olympics is on everyone's mind, but we actually will be changing gears and, and targeting world medals now for this year. I mean, that's going to be the focus. So this Paris qualifier event will probably happen May of next year. So it is, you know, those, everything Olympic has just been pushed so far back. Now Uh, we'll be focusing on other things. How has the communication been from USA karate? They're awesome. They're great. You know, they've been, we've been having uh, meetings, Zoom meetings, face-to-face meetings with the entire team. And so everyone's at home and we're all on meetings. We get to see each other and just hear the updates from, from the top, from Phil Hample, the CEO and um, head coach Brody Burns. You know, they're on these meetings and they're just letting us know what's going on and, and let people ask questions. And so it's, it's been pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, USA Karate has canceled many events so far and, and our national championships in July and in Spokane, Washington are like, you know, just right on the edge and everyone's waiting to hear what's going to happen there. And, but so far we're on. So hopefully, you know, that has serious team trial implications for not only the seniors, but for the juniors who have to determine who goes to junior Pan Americans and stuff like that in the fall. So, I mean, there's just a lot on everyone's minds, of course. I hear the stress in your voice and I want to give you a hug. so I sent you a virtual hug I hear it you know from the last time we spoke the tone of your voice is just so different and I just I feel for you I really do this is so hard well yeah I mean I I, I, if I want to be completely honest I mean yeah it's the the situation has been horrible worldwide but I I maybe needed a breath and 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 you know, just the, the situation of things has slowed everything down. And it's honestly given me a second to, to breathe, focus on my business, focus on, you know, getting fit. I mean, cause we were, we were training, we were traveling every two weeks for the last five, six months, literally international two, two times a month for a week. It was, it was ridiculous. It was 
wild. And this is all for a couple points here and there. I mean, it, the points game was, was crazy. And what the WKF was making athletes go through was quite heavy. I mean, I'd like to compare what we did for qualification for, you know, to other sports and how many events they had that everybody went to. So, you know, but so, I mean, honestly, I'm like not relieved. Of course you can't be relieved in these times, but I mean, I'm, I think I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'm ready for the long game. I've always been ready to outwork people and go the distance. So, you know, it's just time to get to work and I think we're in a great spot. So that's kind of, that's kind of where we're at. I want to go back to worlds in November. Do you have a different mindset in training for worlds than you did for trying to accrue points for the Tokyo qualifications? You know, it's, I guess I see them both, you know, they're, they're both, both of those are the premier events, of course, for our sport. And I've been competing and, and seeking the the world championships, you know, my entire karate career, you know, even before we were in the games three, four, three years ago. So, you know, I've always loved the world championships. I've always loved going to them and, uh, you know, I have a great respect for that event. So, yeah, I, I guess it's a, maybe a little bit different relationship with it. But, you know, and there's a great pride. This will be my fifth, sixth world championships for USA Karate. So I think, uh, yeah, I, but I guess as far as the preparation, it's about the same. You know, it'll be a different event. It's kind of like these Premier Leagues. It's a bracket style and not like the Olympic Games, which will be two pools and round robin. You get to fight everybody. So it's a little bit different style event. Of course, a lot of athletes. The Olympics would be 10 athletes and world championships. There can be 80, 90. So, but no, I mean, just great respect for that event. And I'm really excited about ones in Dubai. I've had really good success in Dubai before and uh, hope to repeat. Do you think, and I, this is really early to tell. Do you think though that when this situation is over, your sport or maybe sports in general will reconsider how much travel is involved or do you think things will kind of bounce back and go to normal? Oh, that's interesting. I mean, I guess it, it would all just depend on things. I have no clue what it'll look like, you know, will, you know, how long will the virus last and be around and stuff? And, and when is that, you know, when would we be regrouping, I guess, or things trying to go back to normal? I, I really don't know, but I think, I hope things would go back to normal, you know, much as I'm enjoying not traveling right now, I I really do enjoy traveling. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely hope things will get, uh, you know, go back to normal and good schedules and and everyone gets to do the things that they love again. So, yeah. Okay. So, what have besides working on your business and training, how have you been occupying yourself while you're staying at home? Well, you know, so we'll. Uh, it's, it is nice because I still do get to, to get out a little bit because, you know, I, I do teach those classes from the karate school. So I am by myself, Then I got a, a nice setup with laptops and TVs and I can see all the students on there and, and, and they get to be at the karate school with me. Um, you know, I, you know, if, if the city of Plano decides that I need to teach classes from home, that would definitely be a game changer for me. And, and I think, uh, you know, I hope not, but you know, it might, 
lessen the experience for those guys, you know, because I know they, they miss karate school and, and seeing each other, but yeah, I mean, so, but it's been, I mean, let's see, we, we, we definitely have been playing our fair share of video games, watching movies. My wife and I bought all these board games. So, I mean, we're, we're, but you know, that's the funny part. I, I, I really enjoy that, that part about being at home. So we've, you know, it's not, I'm a homebody anyway. And, uh, yeah, with all the travel, I'm still, I still just love being at home and, um, you know, I, I don't mind it. <laughs> that part I, I really have, I have, I know I have no complaints. Is, it's probably like, you're still here. What, what is this? What is happening? This is, <laughs> this is six oh, days no, yeah, that I see you. <laughs> yeah. And then she's, she's a, a lawyer. And so she gets to do a lot of work from home anyway. And so it's just, it's really worked out. Um, she was already working a lot from home before uh, we had to stay home. Um, so it was the easy transition for her. And, but we're just, so we both still feel like, you know, we're getting things done. We're, we're moving forward and, and we're having fun doing it too. And so uh, we get to, I don't know, we're, we're lucky, I guess, you know, cause I, I definitely understand how the scenario, how the situations could be for other people and a lot of my teammates and other States and, um, you know, places where you're getting hit really hard. And so I just, yeah, I mean, hanging uh, in. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you have a top five karate movies? that you could recommend i would say top three but there are multiple karate kid movies <laughs> yeah um let's see i mean definitely the karate kid and you know that's like a must of course i actually have not seen the new one so i wouldn't uh couldn't say anything on that i just i think the new one makes fun of karate more than more than it's even about karate it's actually about kung fu or something like that i heard so i haven't seen it but um the kumite is really good and then let's see roadhouse or something like that. that, that that's a good one. So <laughs> violent, but you know, that's a good one. But they got moves. They got moves in that movie. They sure do. They sure do. And I don't even know if he says karate specifically, but it sure looks a lot like karate. Oh, Allison, you got anything else? I'm good. All right. Well, Tom, thanks so much for taking some time to check in with us. We really appreciate it. Glad to no, hear that absolutely. you're doing as well as can as possible under these circumstances. But uh, we will keep rooting for you and keep an eye out on what happens next with your sport and what you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for checking on me too. It, it means a lot to be to be checked on, and uh, you know, I just I wish the best for for all the other athletes too. And I, I think we'll we'll come out of this stronger. Thank you so much, Tom. Next up, we've got our video journalist, Sean Callahan. Sean covered the PyeongChang Olympics for NBC Boston, but his regular beat is the U.S. political election, so he's been affected in a different way. Take a listen. How are you? I am good. I am well. Healthy, all in one piece. Healthy, all in one piece, mostly. <laughs> but healthy. Excellent. That's the important thing. And how about you and your families? All good. Yes, all good. Thank oh, goodness. Fantastic. I tell you, I moved to Cleveland last year. So what is going on in Massachusetts with the, the um, COVID-19? I mean, things seem to be doing pretty good. I mean, um, most people are, are, you know, 
heeding the advice of Governor Charlie Baker, who's been pretty much on the forefront and is getting a lot of praise from um, the public. Uh, I think he's got over 80%, 86% approval rating on how he's handling things. So, yeah, people are, you know, staying home uh, mostly. I'm out and about. I'm an essential employee as a member of the media. But um, our company is, is doing everything they can for our safety, which is very comforting. Um, so I'm working usually out of the living room of my political reporter who I work with all the time. And we're doing most of our interviews virtually. So so how does that setup work, technically-wise? Uh, just, yeah, just in terms of, like, when because I, I look at the news, and our local news has always somebody's at home, and one anchor is at home, and one anchor is is at the desk and everybody but the weather woman is remote as well. So how does that setup work technically for the news station? Well, we, we even have we even have a meteorologist at home and we've actually installed green screens in their in their houses so they can even be in front. So actually you might even be seeing meteorologists that they might look like they're, you know, they're in front of the weather walls or something like that. They might be at their houses actually. Um, I know all of our meteorologists are doing that up in Boston. Uh, and it just, uh, you know, Miracle of technology. I mean, uh, we just moved into a brand new facility in January, which is now basically empty, but it's all state-of-the-art equipment that's linked up with, you know, Ethernet. So you have producers, directors, you know, most of the newsroom staff is actually at home producing the news. So wow. I, don't, I don't know exactly how it's all being done, but <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's like somehow these things fly through the air, and then there's a television show yeah. at the end of it. How does this happen? I mean, I've, I mean, for, for, for myself and Allison uh, King, who is a political reporter, and you know, she and I have basically been working together nonstop, for, you know, four years now. Um, it, the big thing with us is is doing our interviews over a digital line versus going in person to do them. So, but it's it's uh, it's, we're all adapting. The yeah, the interesting thing is that your beat is the elections so how has that been for you especially when you were traveling so much well we were going non-stop obviously you know once once new year hit going non-stop through through march and the end right before um south carolina and then super tuesday you know you kind of you know we're hearing wisps of it you know washington state i think it's i i'm don't know my don't have my timeline exactly right, but I think Washington State may have had a confirmed case, but it still wasn't you know nationwide spread. And then like I, I, I finally was you know took a few days off to uh, to go skiing after Super Tuesday for four days. I came back and it was, was like you know a whole different reality then. You know was you know shelter in places being talked about and and just the social distance thing. So it feels like it, it just very quickly ramped up way to be in the march but I, I barely had time to catch my breath because i was coming off of um all of the early political coverage which uh, basically came to uh came to a screeching halt and then you know yesterday after um bernie sanders suspended his campaign basically looking as joe biden is looking to be the presumptive nominee of the democratic party so <laughs> both of us are just sitting here with our mouths kind of open just like <laughs> yeah. how are we all managing in a way it's just we I think when we look back on this, it's going to be interesting because right now we're just sort of doing. And when we look back, we're going to be like, oh, yeah, we did that. That was wild. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just like, what day is it? You know, like, I, mm-hmm. I, in, my, in my reality, like, I, I don't even know what day it is some of the time anyway. But now it's just like this, this I don't know, a void. You know, it's, it's part of our identity is have been removed. 
and especially with the election with pretty much every Democratic nominee dropping out, do you find that there are fewer things to cover or are you covering how different states are doing their primaries or what what do you do now in this stretch until we don't quite know when conventions will happen? Well, we kind of had, I mean, when, when things kind of got all coronavirus all the time, um, we kind of put a halt more on the campaigning and we're covering more like with you know, almost for a week straight covering the, the, the third stimulus bill that, that was put through in Washington, um, following that on a daily basis. Are they going to vote today? Are they not? What's this mean? You know, we, we did a little bit of coverage with the, you know, there was talk of like, oh, could the November elections be postponed? You know, what would this mean if, you know, it ramps up again in the fall? You know, with Wisconsin voting, you know, that did a little bit of that. But then, of course, now with, with you know, and yesterday we covered, you know, Bernie Sanders suspending his campaign. So now I think it's, you know, the whole campaigning side of politics is going to be put on hold until we get a little bit more closer to the conventions or until we go back to a somewhat more normal life, you know, hopefully sooner than later. But, um, I mean, there's still a lot of, you know, government-type you know, stories that we're doing among with all sports suspended, are your sports guys losing their minds? We live in New England. There's no such thing as no sports news going on. I mean, Tom <laughs> Brady just decided to sign with the Buccaneers, which everyone was like, well, let's see. When a coronavirus, it was St. Patrick's Day, and then Tom Brady decides to leave uh, leave New England. I saw a tweet from uh, Trevor Noah on The Daily Show saying, could someone check on, like, Boston and New England today? Because, um... <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I... I the sports news has definitely, you know, shrunken um, a, a, a huge amount. But in New England, there's never a shortage of of, of sports news. <laughs> so both Jill and I have lived in Boston, so we feel you. We we know yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, very much so. But on to our world with uh, yeah. Tokyo being postponed. Any chance you will get to go to the summer this time? I don't think so, just because we've had a crew picked, and you know, NBC works on logistics basically nonstop. So I'm feeling all those logistics were in place and just kind of put on hold. So I, I would say unless unless you know one of the photographers or the photographer has to back out because of scheduling conflicts or something, I, I I don't know. And they may even already have like an alternate credential and stuff like that. So I 99.9 uh, I predict I will not be going to Tokyo for for news coverage, but I'm okay with that. I mean, if I can do a Winter Olympics every four years, uh, I will be happy as a clam. I'm, I'm a winter sports athlete. I like all the Olympics, but I, you know, lean a little bit more towards the Winter Games. And uh, so, if I could do that, I would I would be happy and give someone else a chance to do Summer Games. Because Sean is a true New Englander and likes being cold. I do. I. I it's, it's insane. Maybe I don't like. I can tolerate cold. I know. I know how to handle the cold. <laughs> there were some times in Pyeongchang. I'm like, this is not fun, but I'm not actually an icicle. <laughs> we were out. We were out uh, at the um, cross country venue, and we um, we were on top of the, the the commentary positions that they had built up. So you know, they are usually on top of the stands, and then we were on top of those fully exposed and, and as you remember the, the wind in Pyeongchang was a, a, a new story in itself and so we're trying to do live uh, do live television up on top of uh, these shipping containers it, it totally exposed <laughs> and it, uh, it was uh, and I had to change a battery and like that bat changing a battery and a microphone was like a struggle wow so. it's like hold on Sean we don't want you blowing away in Korea 
Yes. But now that the games will be in 2021, you'll actually have time to watch them. Yeah, well, it was actually interesting. Um, the, the, the political conventions were scheduled on either end of the Olympic break. So it would have been like going to like the DNC initially, you know, having a few weeks to catch a few games, then going turning around to the Republican convention. But now that, that the games, I don't know what I'm going to do with my summer now. But yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't in, in, term, in terms of the Tokyo games, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised that they postponed them. And especially once, once Canada released that press release saying they will not be sending athletes, I'm like, okay, you know, what, it was, I, I, I don't know how many days it was. Uh, I've lost track of all sense of time and space. But as soon as the Canadian Olympic um, committee and team announced that they were not sending athletes, I was, I'm like, okay, it, games are going to be not when they were scheduled. I didn't know how they would be postponed, you know, what they would do, but I knew they were not going to be happening as scheduled. So I think that things, was a great decision. So your family did not expect you to be around at this time of the uh, as this time of year. How how is that going? Have you been thrown well, out yet to sleep in the car? No, uh, I do I do practice like a little you know because I'm I'm out and about and even though just I'm I'm working with my political report and doing everything I can to not interact with anybody else and and even if we actually do have to interview someone in person. We have like big, long uh, boom microphone poles that we can use to, to keep social distance. But uh, every time I'm coming home, I'm, I'm taking off my, my clothes. I'm jumping right in the shower before I do anything else um, at my house. And I'm just washing my clothes that I wear out of the house, you know, and not be lounging around in them just to, to keep, you know, any sort of germs or whatever at bay. Yeah, I'm imagining this boom and you yell the questions across this <laughs> So what I mean, do you that's, think? That's, and that's almost that's, that's almost kind of what it's like. I mean, you know, we're, you know, interviewing from from a distance. But I mean, everyone everyone gets it. Like it's you know, everyone you know, it's it's been interesting you know doing especially because most of our interviews are done via you know like a Skype or a Zoom or a FaceTime. You know, I now have like a handy dandy like you know a little handy tip sheet that I I send to everyone we're going to interview with like pictures of okay here's how it should be framed and here's what your lighting should look like and here's how to you know get good lighting and and uh, you know everyone's been playing along and and understanding and working with us it's been it's been it's been really really good. It's a challenge on so many levels, just in in such yeah. practical ways. You know, obviously the people being sick is the most serious, but then just this very you know, mundane thing, like we need to be able to see you. So you need to have lights. It's so strange how it all trickles down. Well, my, my wife, who's a teacher, she, like they, they're not having to do um, like, you know, she's actually having to record videos and do chats. And I'm like, no wife of a, of a TV, a TV photographer is going to have bad lighting for their, for their Google hangout chat. So I, we actually turned a guest room into an office and put her in front of the window and, you know, gave her nice lighting. So at least, you know, she can, look good in her, her her google classroom wow wow amazing oh well sean thank you so much We're glad you're safe glad you could take some time and touch base with us it's it's so interesting to hear how this affects everyone on team olympic fever and uh, we are hoping that everything goes well for you and that uh, you continue to stay safe and get the news out there Yes, thank you very much. I do have actually one more thing. That one thing to add, I was thinking about with, um, you know, with with Tokyo and the decision to to uh, postpone it. I remember in Pyeongchang, uh, the neurovirus got a hold of uh, some of the volunteers and staff members, and just like went through an entire like section of uh, of their accommodations and housing, 
and and that was you know put like you know I think it was about 200 people instantly. So you know just the amount of close quarters and interaction, and also then you're everyone's not fully at you know full health or immune system because of traveling and long days and you know strenuous athletics. That total it, it could have been you know bad if, if they had had it and something happened. Yeah, definitely. When you think about how tough the event is not just to produce i mean not just to compete in but just like you say long days your immune system goes down and it's a long event no matter how you look at it 17 days is a long time to keep going on all cylinders so yeah yeah oh well stay safe shans thank you don't uh, don't go wandering out there without your boom mic yes in my mask (laughs) exactly Thank you so much, Tom and Sean. We will have links to their socials in the show notes. Man, I feel bad for Tom. It's so frustrating that you have this plan. You don't know what's next. I mean, these athletes have such calendars. I mean, we've talked to them and they're like, oh, yeah, we have two years of training planned out. So hard. Mm -hmm. one One of the things I've been seeing a lot on social media is people scolding other people for being upset about missing certain things. Like I got upset about the hundred days out or Tom gets upset because his, his training is all messed up and you know, Oh, people are dying and people are sick, but you know what? These things matter and we are allowed to be upset. Yes, I would definitely agree with you. And I'm, we can't all be on the front lines. That's, that's and just I think- real reality. We need to give ourselves, we need to be a little bit more forgiving of each other and give ourselves permission to be upset about, you know, missing your grandkids' kindergarten graduation. Mm-hmm. These things matter. Yeah. And it's not a first world problem. And yeah, Tom is a world-class athlete and he's had opportunities that a lot of people haven't and he's not sick and he's not home. But he's allowed to be upset. Mm-hmm. and frustrated right and confused and all those other things right and I think that's just that's going to happen I mean I look at my situation and I'm extremely fortunate I have a husband who's got a decent job my job is not doing great but it's I still have some income coming in I can still work working from home is not a problem and self-isolation hasn't been too horribly radically different for me And yet there are days where I just can't do anything super productive or I'm just really sad. And that's just the way it is. We aren't perfect. And even if we're not directly affected by somebody getting in our lives, getting sick with uh, the COVID-19 virus, we're still affected in different ways. That's why we exist. So you can come and you can listen to us being stupid. And you can be not upset for a little while. That's right. And the Olympics will be back and we'll all be excited. And I'll, you know, wear some some cultural appropriation outfit when we <laughs> are doing Tokyo and get myself in trouble. There you go. Excellent. Well, we've got a little bit of Team Olympic fever news. Tiny tofu. You can book an Airbnb online experience with Lauren Gibbs and hear what it's like to have be a bobsledder for a day and she will give you some coaching exercises and tell you all about what she goes through on a day-to-day basis so that's kind of cool you know i gotta say if i'm doing that i want her mom to be there 
because if you follow Lauren on Instagram, her mom is awesome. <laughs> you totally see where Lauren gets it from and her sass and her spunk. So Mama Gibbs, I want you in on this and then I'm signing up. Right. And then I want an ab workout. Oh, my God. She's unbelievable. I know. And, and I do remember when, when we talked to her, she said some of this is just genetic and that's the way I am. But she does put in a lot of work in the gym getting her body honed. And it is honed, man. Yeah. She could break you in half with her toes. This is one of those, um, remember when Airbnb became a, a top sponsor for the International Olympic Committee? This is one of those experiences they talked about uh, having so that Olympians could earn a little extra money. So we will see. Airbnb is not having a good run of it right now with the virus <sighs> and uh, maintaining business, but we'll see what happens. And speaking of bobsledders, I wanted to mention something that Josh Williamson, our bobsledder stud, posted. That was very, very sweet. So when we spoke to him now a couple of years ago, he was talking about how close he is with his grandparents. And he's back in Florida, obviously. And he went over to have lunch with his grandparents. But he sat outside on the patio and they were inside their house. Aww. And he was eating his lunch. And they're on the phone together, Aww. but they can see each other. Aww. And I was like, I don't care if you're 6'4 and could bench press me with one arm. I'm going to go down there and squeeze your little bearded cheeks because that was just the, the sweetest thing. All right, let's move on to some Tokyo 2020 news. T-Box said we could keep calling it Tokyo 2020. Good, okay. Because well, he's going he's gonna to keep calling it that, Tokyo 2020. <laughs> that was pretty good. That, I've been working on it in my isolation. <laughs> I've been spending a lot of time with virtual T-Bock. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Like one of those jib-jab characters of virtual T-Bock. <laughs> well, he sort of was a jib-jab character because he posted video of himself riding the exercise bicycle. And just the angle of the camera sort of made him look like a bobblehead. <laughs> and I said, man, you, you, that was a total missed opportunity for him to fence for the camera. Definitely. Oh, my why gosh. You, why are you riding a bicycle? You're an Olympic fencer. You know, put your money where your your saber is there, T-Bock. Actually, I think he was foiled. He was but... a foilist. I wasn't yeah. going to say it. But... <laughs> we won't get into that. Okay, so what's going on in Tokyo? All right, so ABC News reports that the flame has been taken off of display. So the flame was in uh, Fukushima, and it was taken off display when Prime Minister Shinzo Abe declared a state of emergency in to, in Japan. That's when they took the flame off of display. So now it's in an undisclosed location so that people don't gather for it. And the organizers are expected to keep the flame for the short term. And in the long term, the flame is expected to be used by the IOC as a promotion device as and as a symbol of the fight against the pandemic. So... Keep it burning, showing it to the world. What that means, where, you know, like if it's going somewhere, I'm not sure. I do want to know, like, still, who's got the flame at their home? Who's self-isolating with the flame just to make sure it stays lit? And do they have yeah, a stockpile of the little... The, the right, game? do they have the, the backup files? Yes. Because <laughs> you can't have... go relight it. You right. can't get your Grecian goddesses 
out right. of isolation can, to relight it. So, yeah. gosh, can you imagine if you? I wouldn't if if the flame. If I was a flame minder, and the flame went out on me, I just relight it with a bit, not tell anybody. I know. <laughs> so don't ever trust me with mining the flame because you don't know where that flame has been. That's right. Or we could go back to the original and get some. Um, what was it? Palm fronds that they were going to carry it with. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> Very seasonal. That's true. The organizing committee is also looking for some office space inside the games reports. The, well, the the offices yeah. they were they were supposed to get, their lease was up in like December because the games would be over and then they'd take a few months and finish all the books and close them all out. But now they're going to need office space for like another year and they may not be able to keep the offices that they have. So they are on the hunt for new space that some of their staff may have to move to. Okay. So we have all at some point in our lives moved an office, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's your home office or whether it's work and it is a nightmare, right? Even if you have no paper, right? But just, you know, just packing up the chashka on your desk. Right. And what if you lose your uh, Mirotoi and Somayati? Yes. And that's going to be hard to replace now because I know there was kind of a, a buying up when the postponement was mm -hmm. announced. So, you know, don't you lose that Tokyo 2020 clicker pen. Right. Put that in your purse. Don't pack that with the other office supplies because it may not come back to you. Hmm. There have been changes to the football tournament for Tokyo 2020. It has been an under 23 tournament since 1992, but uh, FIFA is going to make it an under 24 tournament so that anybody who would have aged out would have been able to compete this year, but would age out, they would still get a, pay, a chance to compete. So, Well, that goes back to the IOC's guidelines saying, if you've already qualified, you are still qualified. Correct. So they're just lining up their protocols with what the IOC has already announced. Right, right. And making sure that people who would have been able to compete this year still can compete this year. Don't lose out. So that's good. And then finally, a little sad note, but also very nice and heartwarming as well. The USOPC has donated the food it had planned to ship over to Tokyo for the athletes to eat. They've donated that to food banks that have really been hit hard during this pandemic. So KKTV in Colorado Springs reports that the food was it was about a ton of food and worth about $125,000. You think there was some Olympic Oreos in there? Maybe. Oh. Maybe that's where they are. <laughs> they're in, Now they're at the food banks in Colorado, which is fantastic. Oh. I, I'm sure there's a lot more nutritious things. Oh, than, of course, yeah, of but... course. But it's nice that that food is not going to waste and it's right. going to be used and uh, in a good way. So. And honestly, right now, we all deserve some Oreos. We do. Oh, Ted, where is Ted Ligety and his Oreo display when I need him? Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Not that I want to see him handing out Oreos unless no. he uses the boom mic to pass them to me <laughs> that Sean has. I know. How much can you put on a boom mic? Can you attach a tray to the boom mic arm? I think that's genius. You know, just... Well, you know, it's like those those things that they use to clean Oh, right, the, right, right. You know, with really, really, really long arms. Yeah. Got to be able to hang things off of that. Or like a fishing basket that you scoop the fish up with. I mean, I'd want a clean new one because I wouldn't want any fish on my Oreos. But just sort of scoop those up and, and pull them out to me. 
We need our very own catapult, an Oreo catapult. You just put the Oreo packages in. And you... Or you could just put the Oreo in and just catapult it right into my mouth. <laughs> that could be the new event. At the Olympic Fever Olympics, Oreo catapult aim. I like it. Or you know who'd be we, really we good at that? Uh, you know, who? Kim Rohde. Oh, she would. She'd she just would. shoot that thing right <laughs> in my mouth. Or Deanna Price would get it for distance. Oh, I know. Gosh. That would be awesome. That would be a fun Olympic Day activity. If you're in self-isolation during Olympic Day. If anybody wants to catapult Oreos into my mouth, I will go out in the backyard and just stand there. I will mark six feet distance from me. Mm -hmm. You could just be throwing or with your gloved hand, just throw Oreos at me. I think that could be a really entertaining social distancing exercise. I would agree. And, and I'd be listening to T-Bock. I'd be staying active. Mm-hmm. Because you would probably have to run a little bit and, yeah, and duck move, and dodge duck and, and weave. weave. Yeah, to just get yeah. your Oreos. Yeah. It's working. <laughs> carrot and stick, man. I am all about the carrot. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get me going. All right. Well, I think we could, we should get to training. So I think we'll call that an episode. Let us know if you are up for Olympic Oreo catapulting. Email us at olimfever at gmail.com. Call our voicemail hotline at 530-70-FEVER. We're Olimfever on Twitter and Insta and Olympic Fever Podcast Group on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, keep the flame alive. Uh, I've lost track of all sense of time and space. Do, 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 do.